Hello, everybody. This is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author, where we talk about writing and life, because what it takes to write the book you want to write is also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. It's true. Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, premier free writing magazine on the Internet featuring articles on writing, the writing life, as well as some video interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors across the genres. Yes, across the genres. A month ago, we interviewed Deb Coletti with her fabulous new YA novel. And last month, this month, we've got a conversation with R.L. Stein, he of the Goosebumps. You see, we don't discriminate. We don't care. I like them all. It's a great conversation with R.L. Stein. Check it out at authormagazine.org. We're also funded by the one and only Pacific Northwest Writers Association. They've been supporting writers from pen to publication since 1955. We also do a great conference every year. That wrapped up in September. But you know what? This Thursday, that's going to be Thursday, the 11th of October, if you're listening contemporaneously with this. Well, if you remember the PNWA, we're going to be at our monthly meeting there down in Issaquah. And uh, if you went to the conference and you've got questions, uh, gripes, grumbles, kvetches, complaints, if you've got any of those, you want to let us know about it, come on down. We're going to be there fielding your feedback because we listen. Yes, we do here at the PNWA. So you can learn more about the PNWA at pnwa.org. Yes, you can. I I know I've been mentioning it, but it's still true. I'm going to be at the writer the the uh, the Writers Digest Novel Writing Conference down in Pasadena, California. It starts the 26th, runs the 28th. I'm going to be teaching, listening to the muse, yes I will, and how to give a killer keynote. I'll be doing both of those, and there's going to be oh there's going to be some friends of the show down there. So if you and oh I should say I was at the Write on the Sound here in. Um, Edmonds, Washington, just this past weekend, and if you were there, thank you. It's great to see you. I know I met some people who I think listen to the show, so it's great to see you, uh, and I hope I see you guys at the Writers' Conference down there in Pasadena. It's a good one. Okay. Oh, we got a guy. He's a hot new prospect. Yes, he is. It's Stephen Markley, debut novelist. got a couple of books, but he's here because he's got his first novel out. Uh, that is called Ohio, his first novel, Ohio, but before that, he also, the author of the memoir, published this book. Very unusual title. Yes, it is. An unusual book, in fact. And the Travelogue Tales of Iceland. He's a graduate of the Iowa Writers Workshop. I'm sure you've heard of that. Yes, you have. And his essays and short fiction can be found scattered across the Internet. But he's here with us today to talk writing. And Stephen, how are you doing? Hey, I'm great. Thanks for having me. I, I should also mention I'm very impressed with the, uh, the R.L. Stein get. Uh, I feel like I, I burned through about 40 of those goosebumps when I was a kid. Uh, oh, you did? That's a good one. You should, you should listen to the interview. It is, he's an interesting guy. You should, if you want. But his, how he came to it was so odd and so not his own idea that he ended up writing those things. It's very you know, I, I remember this one where the main character turns into like a worm at the end and gets eaten by a bird. That has like stayed uh, with me uh, wow. across the See? years. So yeah, that's the power of uh, fiction. It is. He's influenced writers for generations to come, no doubt. Exactly. Exactly. He sold like 400 million books. 400 uh, I'm right. books. I, I'll be right behind him. No, no worries. Uh, That's fine. I'm not, I'm not afraid. We got one. All right, you got one out there. It's good. It's good. Well, Stephen, uh, congratulations. Look, uh, Ohio, you. it's your debut novel, and it came out in August. So it's been out a little while. Uh, I, did you do a book tour? Are you still on a book tour? What's the situation I, with I, that? 
I did a book tour that I just got back from a couple of weeks ago. I have a few more dates. I'll be in Orange County uh, this weekend and then the Austin Book Festival at the end of October. All right. But so the main part of it's done. And so, I mean, you've published a couple of books before, so you've done tours, but maybe this one was a little different. I suspect there was a bit more juice behind this one. Yes, uh, that's, that's a good way to put it. There was definitely a lot more juice. Uh, it was my first experience of, you know, having the guy at the airport with the sign that says your last name <laughs> on it. Like the first time did I you, saw that, I, was, uh, I wanted to take a picture say, and send it to my mom. I'll like bet you – I faded. Look at them waiting for me. That's nice. That's right. Congratulations. That's a very nice experience. It makes uh, the book (laughs) tour a lot nicer when someone's just carting you around. Uh, It's true. And so, uh, well, so let's, so you went to the Iowa Writers Workshop. So that was where you're, uh, I assume you, so you went to, were were you in Ohio for your undergraduate work? Yeah, so I graduated from Miami University. Uh, after that, I traveled a bit and then spent six years in Chicago sort of working as a journalist, a columnist, um, doing some oh, public okay. experience work. And then I ended up in Iowa after after um, the publication of my first two books. And so, oh, so you, oh, you, so first you wrote, uh, published this book in Tales of Iceland before you went to Iowa, then you went to the, the workshop? Yeah. Yeah. Why? So what the hell? Yeah. So, <laughs> so the way it happened was, um, you know, I was extremely young. Some might say brash uh, when I published uh, my first memoir. And I think I was, uh, I was 26 when it came out. Um, wow. And, you know, I was just uh, uh, a young guy with a lot of energy. Uh, and I, you know, I really wanted to, uh, to get going on my career. Um, yeah. And that had its various ups and downs. Uh, and I came to a point where, you know, I'd sort of been writing in this voice for, which, you know, my voice, I guess, for better or worse, uh, uh-huh. very uh, jocular, a lot of humor, uh, you know, right. very, um, you know, very sort of like a lot of high concept stuff. And uh, I, right. you know, I wanted to, to write novels. Uh, and so I went about, you know, figuring out what's, what's the most effective way to do that. And going to Iowa is definitely uh, uh, up there. I see. So if you, so you have been novelist, doing... Yeah. So had you had you always wanted to be a novelist? Was that like because going usually that's something usually people have sitting in their head for a, a good long time usually. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I uh, had wanted to do that since uh, since I could remember. I think like the tricky part was um, I sort of got sidetracked. I guess is the way I'd put it. I was uh, going from. Uh, you know, coming out of undergrad, I, this is what I wanted, but like all I was finding success with was, you know, column writing and sort of, like I said, that jocular voice, uh, sure. and I sort of took this 10 year detour, um, uh-huh. away from uh, fiction. <laughs> so I've just uh, recently but, returned, just recently got, but you had, to, but certainly, but in that, in that 10 years, I mean, fiction is its own particular animal, but I will tell you someone who started writing fiction and then moved into, uh, I guess you would call it creative nonfiction, which is what I do. Right. Now. Uh, the, the two, there's, there's so much overlap in all kinds of writing, you know, it's just in terms of storytelling and and knowing how to make a paragraph have its own kind of continuity to it and so so on. So I would imagine that those 10 years of just writing in that very sort of personal voice must have taught you a lot still in its own way. Absolutely. Absolutely. No disagreement there at all. I, I think it's, it's more in terms of how your work is perceived, you know. Uh, oh, I, I taken like seriously. You're not even taken seriously. Just like where you're pigeonholed by people who are reading right. you, by market forces, all the rest right. of that. I mean, 
Ohio yeah. is a significant departure from, uh, yeah. you know, uh, me and my friends uh, wandering around Iceland uh, having fun <laughs> adventures. Uh, so. Right. <laughs> right. And well, so, uh, okay, yeah, so, so first you write about yourself, then you do the travelogue, so then you do this. So, and, and, but she said, okay, I got to learn how to do this, like, because uh, a novel, it's a whole thing. Had you tried to write one just on, uh, you know, on the down low kind of? Oh, Before for sure. Going to I mean, I'd, I'd, yeah. I'd taken several stabs at uh, at writing a novel. I mean, I had completed manuscripts. I think one of the the things I was really looking for, though, was um, you know, sort of to be uh, mentored through that process. I actually I didn't know I was looking for that, but uh, it turns out that is what I was looking for. And that Iowa, yeah. you know, it's not just that you have all these like extremely brilliant people around you, not just professors, but your peers as well. It's also you just have the time uh, and right. know, like support system for it. Um, when right. I was freelancing in Chicago, it was, you know, you're just at a constant, uh, you know, 37 out of 10 in terms of frantically trying to make enough money to get by. Right. Um, right. So getting to Iowa and just having that space, that time, that ability to reflect, that was so key uh, in the development of, of the book. Right. So so you've been trying to write novels while you were doing all this other stuff and it didn't go so well. You And you kind of knew in writing them like, OK, I finished this, but this is did you feel like you had a mess and you didn't know how to make sense of it? Kind of. Yeah. I mean, I think like my ambition has always outpaced uh, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much everything. Um, yeah. I, I just think like I had this I had this large ambition, but, uh, you know, I, I needed the proper. Uh, you know, batting coach, you know, like I needed right. somebody to show me right. what was wrong with my, my form uh, more or yeah. less. Uh, and so that's what Iowa really uh, allowed me um, in, in a way that I wasn't expecting or didn't even realize I needed until I was, you know, through the process and on the other side. Was Ohio like your, uh, I don't know how, I don't know how Iowa works in this regard, but is it, was it like your thesis project or something? Do they have that there? I don't even know if they do that. Yeah. So I, I turned in a early, a very early draft of part of it for my thesis. Ah, um, okay. And then I was there a third year teaching uh, with, a, with a fellowship. And that's when I basically, you know, finished and revised and, and processed the, the book. Okay. Okay. So this, so then, so you, you put the finishing touches on you, you really wrapped it up and you found it. And can you think of like, can you think of the time when you thought, I, I think I'm starting to get this a little bit. Like I, not maybe this, maybe when I say this, maybe I just mean this book, although there is something when you first write a book that makes sense to you and you, and you, something two wires finally touch, you know, can you right. remember when that happened in a way that it didn't happen with the other books? Uh, you know, it's hard to point to a specific moment. I, you know, when I showed my first draft to my, um, thesis advisor, uh, Ethan Kanan, who is, you know, an, an insanely accomplished oh, and, and wow. wonderful novelist, uh, you know, he, he sort of had this, this really uh, great take on it, which is he's like, this needs so much work. It needs work here, 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 but it's great. And it's going to be great. And you're, it's going to sell a million copies. Uh, like stuff oh, like that. Uh, well, that's nice so, you to know, hear. It, well, it's sort of the <laughs> encouragement uh, mixed in with like the critique. Right. So I had right. so much work ahead of me, but also somebody who I deemed to be not insane uh, was able to say to me, like, right. keep going on this. You have something here. Right. That's nice. And so, well, you know what's interesting about this book I've been thinking about? 
since I picked it, when, since it came to me, is that it's 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 weirdly timely. And by weirdly, I mean, I know you didn't just crank this book out last year. You know, I I, right. I knew reading <laughs> it that you had put the like, oh god, this took. I, it's funny. I as a writer, I sometimes I read books and I think, oh Christ, this is a lot of work. Not just to me in terms of yeah. research. I can just feel the work that went into it. I don't mean that in a bad way. Yeah. There's no way this thing no, came out sure. in one hot flash one night, right? For sure. It's just not that kind of book. For sure. no. And so I knew I knew you started it a while ago. Now, maybe not 10 years, but it had to be several years ago. Because I know the publishing cycle works. And, and it's like, in some ways, it's like the novel of this time. Because of all that's sorry, happening politically. That? I'm sorry. I said in a way, it's kind of a novel of this time, of all that's happening politically and socially uh, with the Rust Belt and with the middle of America and all the different issues that it deals with seems so timely to me. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's hard for, I think it's difficult for any reader to not view this through that lens. I did right. start it in 2012, though. Um, I, so yeah. you know, I had an entire draft of it done by probably late 2013, 2014, yeah. uh, early 2014. Yeah. So it is, it's one of those, you know, I, I had my eye on all of these, let's say undercurrents, uh, right. you know, in whatever you want to call it, you know, society, American society. And they all just sort of simultaneously boiled to a head over the course of the next few years. Uh, yeah. as I was writing this book. Um, right. So when I hear people talk about it or write about it as a, you know, a book about the Trump era, like this, this whole thing was completely done or at least 97.8% done before he was even a candidate for, right. for president. Right, um, and I knew that. So I, I knew that had to be the case. That's what I thought was so fascinating about it. You know, this wasn't just something written by a New York Times writer who saw what was going on and needed to crank out a book to match it. Right, I knew you right, had to have right. finished it, probably, just because the publishing cycle, and yet it, right, it fits right in with what's happening right now. So you must have sniffed it out. Sure. Some part of you knew it was coming, Stephen. You, some... Well, so... Secret psychic I don't self wanna, knew it. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to uh, piss everyone off. But what happened was, I, I found a monkey's paw and I wished upon it, so I got the <laughs> relevant, amazing novel come out. Uh, but like all this stuff had to happen, so to make it relevant. So it was. Wow. Uh, it's my bad. It's my bad. Well, Sile, you know, there are some people who are glad you did. We can't say it's not everybody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just not you or me. All right. Well, so I, I should say for our listeners, the book is set in a small Ohio town that's going through a lot of what the the Midwest is going through, particularly places like Ohio and some parts of Illinois and the rust, what we call the Rust Belt. And it takes place in one night. Right. And so this is yeah. fascinating. Was that the concept from the get-go, like I want to do something Joycey and like that a little bit, or was it that just you realized that's the form would make the most sense? How did you come up with that interesting choice? I mean, so, so much changed about it uh, over the course of writing it, but the things that always remained the same were I, I always had the four voices and I always knew that their stories were going to take place on this one night and they were going to connect uh, or not connect uh, in, in various ways in just that short span of time. Right. So you knew that, and you knew you wanted to be one night. That was the that was yeah. the initial, con- and you stuck with that. You ever think? Did you ever start writing and thinking, "What this is this one night thing is crazy? Why did I what what?" Or did, was it was it always <laughs> like, "Yeah, this is working. I can make this work. I can make this work." How did that go? Well, I think it was uh, in order to make the story propel itself forward. That was sort of the struggle. Uh, because I knew this all connected. I knew it all had this uh, confluence within it. Um, 
I think earlier drafts of the book, I was having a difficult time making sure the reader was being propelled through the plot, through uh, right. what was happening that night. And it does flashback. It has all these flashbacks. It works sure. with so yeah, many yeah. different um, timelines that all need to sort of happen simultaneously. Uh, and, you know, I, that's, of course, my sort of have this idea about the way memory works in the book and the way people are called back to certain events that, that stand in for their larger narratives or what they, what they right. conceive of as their, uh, their life and times. Right. And so what was, what was the hardest part of this, of writing this book for you? What was the part that took you the longest to really understand? Well, I mean, I think stru- structurally that was difficult. Just making sure every yeah. single like sand grain in it served a purpose and was leading right. to something else or connected to something else. I also think just uh, maybe emotionally, like I'd had a lot of this on my chest for years and years and years. And to finally sort of exercise it in this way um, was, was probably both uh, extremely gratifying and necessary, but also, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of your guts just laid out on the page. So sure. when people start to read it and pick it up, you know, uh, it's probably more personal than the memoir in, in many ways. Interesting. How so? Why is that? Well, I think, you know, if you're a 25 year old writing about yourself, you have, a, you know, a nice, uh, clean, facile understanding of, of who you are and what happened to you or what happened to the people you right. knew. Um, but only later when I was writing this novel was, you know, none of the events are things that happened at all. It's all, right. it's all concocted. It's all make-believe. But at the same time, it sort of stands in for a lot of uh, the experiences that I myself or people I know went through in the, right. you know, the decade between 9-11 and uh, uh, when the book takes place. Right. And so you, because I always say that all memoir is fiction and all fiction is memoir. You know, we're always, right. we, we, when we write memoir, we have to, we have to cut up our life into pieces to make it make narrative sense. And then, I mean, and I don't know how you write fiction and don't, I was even writing some like, like fantasy type literature. And even when I was doing that, it, I was still drawing on my own life all the time you know, but just it would come out differently. Sure. I don't know how you, I don't know how, I don't know how you write and not draw on your life in some way. Like what else would you have? I mean, emotionally, experientially, I don't know how you don't do it. Yeah. I mean, I've sort of described it as, um, it's a novel, but it's also a piece of journalism in a way. It's, it's huh. a lot of the characters and the, you know, sort of what they've been through derives from, you know, observations, uh, right. you know, uh, of, of observing people, you know, who I've known or who I've, uh, you know, been in touch with and contact with and, and sort of chopping up all their stories and, and stirring it up in a blender uh, and, you know, creating a nice new uh, complex and interesting human being out of that concoction. Yeah. That's the way you do it. That's how you do it, Stephen. You figured it out. <laughs> and so, um, and so you, so now it's out. And now you're, of course, yeah. you did, you, this is the, the, you went through this with your first two books for sure, but now you're having the experience of meeting people. I mean, some of them have read it and reviewers, those terrible people, they mean well, but oh, we need them and we hear them. <laughs> sure. Okay. So you're going through all that. How's that going? Like, how's the being an author going now that you're a novelist? Uh, well, I mean, it's, it's been 
sort of just such a whirlwind at first. Um, and the, yeah. the book's gotten some super nice reviews from what yeah, I've gleaned, yeah. but I've tried to not read a lot about it. Or, Good. Good you know, for sort you. of engage with it. I just think like, yeah, yeah you, you know, you go through this, this years and years long process uh, and I, I, I'd like to like relax and enjoy it a little and not hurt myself too <laughs> right. much with the noise surrounding it. Yeah, um, good. Good. At the same time, you know, I was in Ohio for my book tour and people would come up to me as we're signing and say, you know, tell me their stories about, you know, people they know who've been caught right. in opiates or you know, just other like, uh, you know, people who went to the wars, like just all these stories right. that, that people feel compelled to share. And I yep. take that as like sort of the highest form of compliment that this book is in any way touched or reached or uh, found somebody um, who, who didn't know about it before and who encountered it, you know, in this sort of random cosmic mysterious way. I, I love that. I love what you say because it's so true. Uh, and I know other authors, I certainly have gone through it. I like to do a lot of public speaking. And when I do public speaking, I talk about myself. I mean, I tell stories about stuff I've gone through. It's builded this, build sure. it. And the first thing when people come up, they'll thank you. And the first thing they want to do is tell me their story. Tell me what they went through, what their stuff. And I think sure. that that, I think you're absolutely right that that's the best weird sign that you've reached someone when they want to then tell you about themselves. Because you know what it is? Stephen, I really do believe this, yeah. that readers are always – I teach memoir, and I remind my students yeah. of this. They worry like, oh, I'm going to write about myself. And I'm like, don't worry. The readers aren't reading about you. They're reading about themselves. They're always reading about ah, themselves yeah. no matter what. And so I think that's why they want to tell us our stories is that they've read your book, and they just feel their own lives. They remember their own lives, and it stimulates it. So they just want to go talk to the person who's stimulated in them. That's my theory. What do you think of that? No, what do I you love think that. of my theory? Um, I love the theory. I got to say, uh, I do. And yeah, I mean, but I think that's something that as a reader, I always am searching for. Uh, and you find yeah. it so rarely, right? Where you're, you're struck yeah. so uh, dumb by, by a, a novel or a memoir or a piece of nonfiction that somebody's written. Uh, yeah. you, feel, you feel the necessity of telling a story yourself. I mean, I guess that's yeah. why I became a writer. Yes. I'm in a weird position, Stephen. In my yeah, life like, for the last eight years, which is this, which is I only the I will only I only read a book if I'm going to talk to the person who wrote it. So every single thing I read, that I then talk weird. to the person. Yeah. Isn't that a weird relationship to Because I spent the that first 40 years of my life. Yeah. They were all dead or living in faraway places. And now I talk to <laughs> all of them. It's so strange, sure. but it makes them real, uh, which we all are. Thank God. So. All right. So you're down there in that godless wasteland of Los Angeles, California. Yeah. And uh, my, 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 my people I love the most live down there. I, I fled from there, by the way, in, my, in the night. I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I was trying to do yeah. what you're doing now, though. I was going to try you know, to be a I don't screenwriter. blame you, though. I don't blame you a little bit. Like, I'm yeah. you know, two years in, and I'm, I'm sort of feeling what you're saying now. Oh, it's it's – I, I can't I can't do it. I but I you know but I some of my best friends live down there and they're lovely people and they can do it. So I see them and then I leave. But you're down there. I was trying to do what you're kind of trying to do now is you're you're dipping your toe into the screenwriting waters. Is this true? Is this really something this, you're trying to do? This yes, the rumors are true. That is that is what oh. I'm attempting to do. I'm I'm not like moving away from. I am going to work on another book. But um, okay. while I work on that other book, I am I'm taking my, you know, my my turn at the dartboard. That is, uh, yeah, Hollywood. So. <laughs> hey, the nice thing about screenwriting is you can make a great living and not have anything made ever. 
You can yeah, just well, write stuff yeah. and have it bought and write. I have friends that do that. They're like writing these TV series. They get bought up. No, they didn't get made. But they bought another one. They get made. Not that you don't want it, but it's a weird, it's such a weird biz in that way. Yeah, no, it, it really is. And I'm, I'm sort of like compartmentalized in the way that I like, it's like, yeah, I'm here and I'm going to work at it, but I'm not going to expect anything to happen. Uh, right. And it's, you know, five years from now, six years from now, if, uh, if I'm still sort of, uh, you know, in that position, I can always flee elsewhere. So, right. That's the point. Well, what do you think about the format? Are you cool with the structure? Cause it's, you know, your guy now, uh, readers, listeners, uh, Ohio, ambitious book, very readable book, but, uh, technically I would say pretty muscular. Uh, Mr. Markley knows how to write a sentence. It's good. I enjoy that as a writer, but as you know, Stephen, no one gives a damn about your sentences when you're writing screenplays. And so, uh, how, how do you, how do you, how do you feel about that? Um, well, I, you know, I, well, I, I guess I don't really understand the question. I think like writing. In other words, you're not, is, you, you, the, yeah, go ahead. the thing I didn't like, let me just, let me rephrase it. When I, when I was doing, I like screenplays. Okay. But I love sentences. I love Pros. I mean, Absolutely. I just like that format, and I just couldn't. It wasn't relevant. I mean, sort of relevant to keep it, bring it alive for the for who, the producer who's reading it or whatever. But really, it's a very, it's a kind of skeleton, and it's just not about. It's about dialogue and and visuals in many ways. And so, do you are you happy in that structure? Yeah, I mean, I would say it's never going to replace for me what, you know, prose does, what the novel does, uh, and, and what a great writer can do in a novel or a great short story is so, to me, it's just so much more impressive and so far beyond what even, you know, a, a really great piece of, of film writing can do. But at the same time, right. you know, like I'm a big fan of The Wire. That was like sort of the first yeah. television yeah. show that convinced me that I someday would want to try that. Um, yeah, yeah. It's just like through those things you talk about, through the density of dialogue and the you know the exploration of character, you can get this you know fully rounded and incredible view of a world you know nothing about. Um, and I right. think the best television shows now do that. Uh, I don't think it's there are many people think there are, but it's still right. something no, that it's I'm true. drawn to. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. You say The Wire. I don't know if you know this, but. Like that, the the writing room was staffed by mostly novelists. Like that's exactly. who we hired. Well, yeah. Dennis Lehane was one of them, you know. And yeah, and I remember Thomas, talking to yeah, him. For sure. Yeah, for yeah. Sure. And so, uh, so you see, your novelist eye spotted something in those story structures, maybe, maybe. For sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's that's what's so fascinating about where TV has gone. You know, when I was growing up, yeah everything was a procedural. Everything was a, a 30 minute right. sitcom unconnected from right. the next episode. And it's only yeah. now that you sort of see that novelistic ambition uh, come to television. And that's, that's what interests me. And that is why I'm out here. Uh, it's yeah. definitely not to write the next doctor show uh, on CBS. <laughs> oh, unless they offer it to me, I should say that. Unless they and it, right. and then I'll take it. Yeah. Well, I, I was talking to a guy who, who went from television to books actually. And he was like, yeah, man, he said, uh, he said, it's the golden age of television really now in his mind. He felt what's happening in television, he thought was more interesting than what's happening in film really. Cause which has become so tent pole and, you know, high concept. Oh, yeah, and no. so on. Wait, are you telling me that the, the 17th Avengers movie isn't uh, the most fascinating <laughs> artistic? Uh, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to be the one to say that, <laughs> but, I, but it, you, you might infer that. Yeah. So it's become yeah, so yeah. dominated by that, but that'll change too. All right. Well, listen, 
uh, Stephen, you, you're, I caught you. I caught you clearly on the upswing. I think there's more yeah. stuff coming your way, <laughs> and I think that's great. I'm so happy. You seem like such a nice guy, and you clearly oh, love to write. So keep at it. Keep at it. Uh, you don't need my encouragement, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I'll take it. So, I'll but listen, yeah. take all you can get. So, a couple things before we uh, before I let you go, I have one more question still. But I want to. So sure. if, you you mentioned it briefly, but if people say this guy, he's so interesting. Besides going to Amazon or wherever and buying your book, can they is will they can they find your tour dates and so on by where can they go for that? Uh, they probably they can hit up my website. Um, there's there's only two coming up, which is as I mentioned, right. Orange County and then the Austin Book Festival. Um, I'll be in Savannah in February, but that's uh, it's it's on the downslope for now, which I'm sort of grateful. Right. For. Okay. Things have gone through. well for you listeners in Austin. Check him out. You can go say hello to him. Uh, uh, okay. But I'm not done with you yet. So what I want you to do is is finish this sentence for me. If writing okay. has taught Stephen Markley anything, it's taught you what? Oh, uh, perseverance. Um, perseverance. I, I feel like yeah. something that separates I've, – I've known a lot of great authors in my life, including going back to even undergrad. And uh, one of the things that I always think separates people is, is those who are willing to – really bang their heads against the wall until, you know, they're leaving a blood spot there. Uh, it's yeah. just sort of about, uh, you know, the stick to it. That's my yeah. basketball coach in high school would have said. <laughs> yeah, it's true, boy. I'll tell you, I asked this question to every author I interview and for, for the last six or seven years and perseverance, I would have to say is the number one answer. It's a big one. It's a big one. You joined yeah. some good company there, Stephen. All right. Congratulations <laughs> on the book. And I hope there's uh, many more where that came from. I, me too. Me too. Thank you so much. I appreciate this. this fun. You're welcome. Take it easy. Bye-bye. All right. Perseverance, people. Perseverance. It'll get you through. It'll get you through. You stick to it. Why? Because you love it. That's right. Okay. I'll be back next week again with Caitlin Summy. I'll get to meet her. I don't know anything about her, but I'm going to get to talk to her. Can't wait for it. Until then, go do something you love. Do it. Thank you, R.J. Jeffries, as always. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.